God who's never late, he's working all things. 
even through the trials, we can rejoice because we know that God is working all things together for our good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a new song this morning. It's called Speak to the Mountains. Taking right out of scripture, Mark 11. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Speak to that mountain. Glory bless you. Too strong. 
to be praised. We thank you, Lord, that such a great, awesome, omnipotent God would love us and be kind and compassionate towards us, would be rich in mercy towards us, would choose and select us to be his people. Now, Lord, we pray that you'd fill your house with a special measure and a special moving of your spirit. You know every need. You know every situation. Touch every heart and speak to every mind. May your grace and anointing fall, breaking all heaviness, breaking all discouragement, breaking all confusion. And may the light of your love and your truth shine bright in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. In that place, don't run from that place. Don't go look for another place, an easier place, a more comfortable place, but in that place. You mean the place where they're not nice to you? The place where they're not doing it your way? In that place, the Lord says, if you'll stay there, in that place, I'll defend you and I'll keep you and I'll give you my grace. Amen? Amen? And how many know that if we'll do our part, God will do his. Amen? But if we don't do our part, guess what? This is covenant. This is covenant. This, there's a this and a that. But God said that your natural inclination is to run. They don't like me. I don't like them. I quit. Isn't that right? But God says if you'll hold fast, even in that place, I'll use your life. I'll defend your life, and I'll work powerfully in and through your life. What a God, what a promise. Let's do our part. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's good. Don't feel bad if you want to run. One time Jesus had to show up and tell the great apostle Paul, Paul, take courage. Don't be afraid. You just keep preaching. There's no one's going to harm and attack you in this city because I've got many people. I've got many people here. But we can't reach them if you don't stand fast. Amen? We can't reach them if you run because they're throwing some arrows. But if you stand firm in the place of God's assignment, 
God says, I'll give you grace to stand and I'll use you strategically in that place. How many know in the things of God we don't get to choose the place? <laughs> we get to choose the obedience, but he'll choose the place. But if we'll stand fast in our obedience, we'll tap into all the grace that's needed because he's got it all. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Um, Children's Church, you are dismissed. And there they are. There's Sister Amy. Going that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't the Lord good to us? What a great God. What a great God. Isn't God wonderful? If someone is teetering on bailing, someone is teetering on throwing in the towel and God and his mercy says, you know what, even if the preacher don't hit the mark today by my spirit, I'm going to give you what you need for the following week. And God uses two of our sisters to bring forth the thus saith the Lord to encourage someone, to assure someone. Good to be full gospel, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go with me to Psalm 27, Psalm 27. And this is a psalm of David, of course, and it's a psalm of confidence. It's a psalm of confidence, and I pray that it can become your psalm. It should be your psalm, if you're a believer, amen? Because we're trusting in, we're walking with the same God David did. And so let this be our psalm, a psalm of confidence, Psalm 27. Let's start with verse number one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Even though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Whew. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, <laughs> we all get them days from time to time, don't we? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle, and he'll set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And at his tabernacle I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I'll sing and make music to the Lord. A psalm of confidence. Oh, may this be yours. In this well-known Psalm 27, this is a psalm of David. And most likely the context, David's running from King Saul. He's a young man, probably in his 20s. Running from King Saul, who's jealous of him, wants to take him out as a threat. One writer said, a personal testimony of a man in trouble. Despite the many moods that are reflected in this psalm, one thing is evident. David knew what to do when trouble came into his life. You can mark that down. You can learn a whole lot just reading those psalms and seeing how this man, for God's own heart, responded to the many things he faced. And it's a good lesson for you and I because we cannot avoid trials. They're part of the human condition. It doesn't matter how holy someone is or how educated they are. Trials are common to man. And so we better know how to respond to them properly and biblically if we want to be an overcoming Christian here. So David's response to this crisis gives you and I a pattern to follow for our time of crisis. Now, we can't cover the entire chapter, but let's just allow these first few verses 
to teach us and encourage our, our faith when we face our time of crisis. Now, number one, I want you to notice David's confidence. Verses one through three, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour me, when my enemies, my foes attack me, they're going to stumble. They'll fall. Though an army besiege me, guess what? My heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, even then will I be confident. Wow. You know, again, this is a psalm of confidence. And God's people should be a confident people, we that know the Lord. And we see two things in these first few verses. Under David's confidence, we see his confidence explained. Then we see his confidence expressed. When trouble came, as it often did in David's turbulent life, David didn't ignore it. David didn't deny it. David didn't break down and run away because of it. Instead, he addressed it by faith, and as we say, meet it, greet it, and defeat it. Amen? He wasn't denying, he wasn't running, he wasn't freaking out. He was looking at it and addressing it and overcoming it with his confidence and trust in the Lord. You see, David didn't close his eyes to the circumstances around him. Rather, he looked by faith to the Lord, and he examined his circumstances. From heaven's point of view. Verse that's familiar to most of us. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. And that word looking unto means looking away from all the distractions. And all the deceptions. And all the things that would try to um, discourage us and wound us. Looking away from all those other things. And fixing one's eyes on one object. The object of our faith and the source of our strength and the compass of our life, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. One writer said it like this, when the outlook is discouraging, try to uplook. It's glorious. It's wonderful. It's so encouraging because there we find Jesus. The psalmist writes to us, I lift up mine eyes to the hills. Whence cometh my help? My help, your help, cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. The prophet said, in the year that that good godly king Uzziah died, I saw another king high and lifted up, ruling and reigning with glory and power. And we fix our eyes on the Lord our God. We choose not to deny the circumstance, but we do not be controlled by the circumstance or overwhelmed by the circumstance. Instead, we are looking unto Jesus and putting our trust in God and walking in his way and watching God work his good work in our lives. You see, David looked to the Lord in a time when he was being chased and hounded, lied about, slandered, a wanted man. But David found the Lord was everything that he needed, just like he's everything you and I need today. He's our light, so we need not fear the darkness. He's our stronghold and strength, so we need not fear our human frailties and limitations and weaknesses. He's our salvation and our Savior, so we know victory is sure and victory is secure. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. See in verse 3, those words of David, confident words. Remember, this is a, a confident faith. 
Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Even if war breaks out against me, guess what? Even then, I will be confident. You see, this is a confident faith. This is a faith that is confident in God in the face of, in spite of, in the midst of. I choose to trust and believe God. You know, Dr. Dr. Hayford wrote, the same faith that enables some to escape trouble enables others to endure it. The same faith that delivers some from death enables others to die victoriously. Faith is not a bridge over troubled water, but a pathway through them. And David found this pathway again and again. It's the pathway of faith. It's the pathway of being confident in the Lord your God, in trusting His promises, in believing His word, and knowing that the one that began the good work in your life, He's going to finish that work, and He's going to bring you through. This is a psalm of confidence. David's in trouble. I mean, King Saul is jealous. You know the story. He's starting to get beside himself. He's so jealous of David. So he hounds him. He makes him a wanted man. People are lying about David. All these things. Yet David is able to be confident even in this. See, in verse 1, how David explains his confidence in God. It's God is my light. God is my salvation. God is my stronghold. He is my light. You know, light is a natural figure of speech for almost everything that's positive. From truth and goodness to joy and vitality. You know, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2 and 9, he describes the Christian as one that God has called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yeah, that's why we, we think back sometimes at deeds and decisions of the past. And we say, what was I thinking? You're in darkness. We say, man, I, why would, I would never do that. Now you're in the light. Yeah. Because the Lord is my light. Confusion is dispersed. Darkness is dispelled. And my vision is clear. Clarity and certainty and confidence come from the one that's walking in the light of God's word, that's walking in the light of God's revelation. Because I'm in the light, now I can perceive, now I can discern. Now I can navigate accurately. Now I can choose wisely. Now I can walk securely and confidently for the Lord is my light. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Jesus said in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. In a very deceptive and confusing age, in a very dark world, we do not have to be stumbling or swayed from the righteous path. Because like David says, even when we face the attacks of the darkness, even when the enemy slanders or his accusations or his deceptions try to attack us and cause us to stumble, even then the Lord is my light.
God will take away the darkness. God will enable me to say confidently, even if an army comes against me, even if war breaks out against me, even then my heart will not fear. And I will be confident because my God is able and my God is greater and my God is faithful and my God is worthy and my God is full of mercy. Oh, bless his name forevermore. Oh, regardless, child of God, of what you're facing or regardless of what you're going through, fear not, but be confident in the Lord. Fear not what you see, what you feel, what you hear, but be confident in what you know. Your God reigns and he holds you in the palm of his hand. He's promised to never leave you and never forsake you. Jesus is our shepherd. We shall not want. He walks with us. He talks with us. He surrounds us. He brings us through. He makes us the head and not the tail. Can you say amen? Oh, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, wherever you might be going into a new season of life, you might be taking on a new challenge. Joshua 1 and 9, God said, Joshua, fear not, be not discouraged or dismayed. Be not afraid for the Lord, your God. He is with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you're being led of God, if you're in the will of God, you can be completely confident. The Lord is with me. He goes before me. He knows how to make the crooked places straight and the rough places is smooth. Oh, what a God, what a God. No matter what you're facing, it might be challenging. It might be stretching. It might be something your faith has never tackled before. But don't you forget the words of the prophet. He said, fear not, child of God, for I have redeemed thee. I've called you by name. Christian, you are mine, saith the Lord. And when you go through the fires, it won't consume you. When you go through the flood, it won't sweep you away. Why? For the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. And you're going to make it. Somebody say amen. My Lord, my Lord. This is a psalm of confidence. Amen. Woo. I mean, David, he lied about. Talk about the king. He runs the press, man. Everyone's lying about him. His face on every post office box in Jerusalem, Judea, throughout there. He didn't whine, suck his thumb. He said, no, no, even now. Woo, outnumbered, outgunned. They're lying about me. I don't even got a place to tell the truth. There's nothing I can do about it, but praise the Lord. But trust in God. But be confident in the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, this is a man after God's own heart, folks. Fear not, child of God, but the Lord is your light. You know, it's something when you walk in the light, isn't it? How much more confident when the light is on? You don't, can't see anything. You, isn't that right? But when you can see, it's a dark world. But we don't have to live in darkness. We know the Lord. Amen? We got the word of God. Amen? See what I'm getting at? Everyone's always fearful in this world. What we got to be afraid of? We're walking with Jesus. Amen? He's given us his word without and his spirit within. The light that gives us a confidence and a clarity and a certainty. Oh, my, my. Hallelujah. He is my light. He is my salvation. In Hebrew, the word salvation means my deliverer. He's the one that brings me deliverance. In verse 9, David addresses him as my savior. He's the one that saves me when I'm in trouble. He is the one who rescues me and delivers me when I feel like I'm going down for the third time. He's the one that comes to my aid. He's the one 
that responds to my cry. He's the one that hears my faintest call. He's the one who is a very present help in time of my trouble. He's the one that lifts me out of. He's the one that holds me up through. He's the one that puts me on top. And he's the one that makes me the head and not the tail. This is a psalm of confidence. David's in a hard place. David's in a trying place. But he's going to confess his confidence is in God. His trust is in the Lord. All those other things do not affect the greatness and the trustworthiness and the wonder of his God. He says, the Lord is mine. I like that. The Lord. Not a philosophy. Not a theory. Not a ritual religion. But the Lord. The true and the living God, the almighty God, the most high God, the holy God, the omnipotent God, the Lord is my. Notice that word my. you got to make this personal, amen? Because he had a personal confidence, he had a personal assurance. You can't share these things. You can't borrow these things. you got to develop these things personally. Oh, I like that. Psalm of confidence, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my stronghold. That word stronghold, it's, it's a military image of a strong fortress of protection. Impregnable, unscalable. He's saying, as, the Lord, as long as the Lord is on my side, I have a place of eternal security. I have a place of everlasting protection. I have a fortress where the enemy of my soul can never penetrate. He is a strong tower that keeps us. He is a mighty tower that surrounds us and elevates us, lifts us safely above the arrows of hell and the attacks of men. This is a confident confession. Look at verse 5, and we see how David is just confidently declaring his faith in God. It's so beautiful. He says in verse 5, for in the day of trouble, for in the day of trouble, and every one of us knows what it is to go through a day of trouble, But David says, you know what? In the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Men might come against me, and things might seem like they're not for me, but against me. But even then, in the day of trouble, David said, he will keep me safe in his dwelling, in his presence. In his presence, he surrounds us. In the hollow of his hand, he holds us. In the day of trouble, David says, he will keep me safe in his dwelling and he will hide me in the shelter of his tent and he'll set me high. He'll lift me up. He'll take me above the things that are trying to drag me down and crush my hope. He'll lift me up and keep me upon a rock higher than the storms of my life. David's confidence begins as he describes his light, his God is his light, his salvation, and his stronghold. He explains his confidence even in crisis and conflict. And we've got to emphasize that because this is so important. We need a faith and a confidence in God that will go the distance. We can't be gone, you know, quitting halfway through the battle. We can't fall out. We've only run part of the marathon. It don't matter if you don't finish. We've got to be finishers. And if we're going to be finishers, it means that we will not be able to um, avoid challenges and heartaches and the trials of faith as they're part of life. So I need a confidence that can sing even when it's raining. (laughs) I need a confidence that can trust God even when things seem a little tricky and seem a little fragile. 
It's important because the Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But thank God the Lord delivers him out of them all. But the fact is, even for the righteous, even for them that love the Lord and sing his praises, we have to go through some valleys. We have to face some storms. We have to press through some obstacles in this life. But that should not steal our song. That should not silence our praise. That should not cause us to doubt for one moment the goodness and the faithfulness and the mercy of our God. David said, even in this, he's trying to make an emphasis, even in the hard places, It's one thing to praise God on the mountaintop. It's another thing to praise God when it seems like everyone loves you. It's one thing to sing and shout when they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. But when they start saying, crucify him, crucify him, can you still sing in the midnight hour? Can you still make a joyful noise in your heart? Can you still say, even then, my heart will not fear and I will be confident. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways. I'll acknowledge him and I'll call on him and I'll trust in him. And guess what? He will lead me. He will guide me. He will make a way for me. He explains his confidence. David has confidence in spite of surroundings, regardless of circumstance. But David explains his confidence. It's in the midst of different circumstances, but his confidence, most importantly, is not in himself. It's not in his soldiers, his loyal friends that stood with him. It's not in the circumstances, certainly not in his own abilities. But his confidence is in the Lord. And that's where our confidence needs to be. Your confidence from going to heaven cannot be in your own self and your own works. It needs to be in Jesus. Your confidence needs to be in him and what he did on the cross for you. My confidence can't just be in my ability to figure things out. My confidence is on his amazing grace to bring me through. David writes towards the very end of this psalm, verse 13, in spite of false witnesses, in spite of fair-weathered friends, in spite of angry foes, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Even though all these negative things are happening, even though all these unfair things are coming to my doorstep, even then, I will be confident. I will see the goodness of God. God will come through for me. God will not abandon me. Others might forsake me, but Jesus said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. Others might not be there, but Jesus said, I am there all the time. I'm a God who is there. I'm a present help in time of your trouble. We have the confidence, even though all these things might be happening, my confidence is in this. My God will see me through. Friend, your God will see you through. It's not time to give up. It's not time to shrink back. It's time to be bold and confident in the Lord and know that he that began a good work in you, he shall perform it. He shall do it. God said, I won't leave you and I won't forsake you, but I'm requiring of you that you'll trust me and you'll stand in my word and you'll walk in my ways and you'll do it my way so I can work my good work in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, bless his name. 
This is a psalm of confidence. Amen? And the setting is a challenging setting. And David's a man after God's own heart. Now, you'd think the backsliders should have problems. Amen? No, they got their own problems. Amen? The way the transgressor is. So if it's a hard old way, you might have been transgressing. But anyhow, it's another story for another day. Anyway, but, but even for the godly, David's a man after God's own heart. He's the anointed of the Lord. He fought the Lord's battles, yet he still had to go through things. So let's not be shocked if we have to go through things. That just means we're a card-carrying member of the human race. That just means we've chosen to serve the Lord. Amen. I mean, forget being human. Then once you say, I'm going to put Jesus first, seek first that kingdom, oh, you come into a whole nother level of misunderstanding and accusation. But even that's why David is such a good example. You see, had, had it been someone else, well, you know, they have backslid, they deserved it. But this is David. And at this point in his life, man, he's walking close with God. He's doing things God's way. He's being used of God. So you can be close to God, doing things right with God. Wow. Hallelujah. You can be fighting the battles for God and still have to go through some things. But when you go through them, not if, but when you go through them, will you choose to trust God like David did? Will you choose to remain confident and declare that confidence like David did? Yeah. That's the challenge of this. He explains his confidence. He describes it. But then, and this is very important, he, he declares it. He declares it. He expresses his confidence in the Lord. I will not fear. I will be confident. He will keep me safe. Now this, again, this is important. David is not just mentally acknowledging or thinking these good thoughts, but he is declaring or expressing his faith. You know, it's good to sing your faith. Hallelujah. It's good to speak your faith. At times, it's even good to shout your faith. We don't want to miss that. It's important because verbalizing your trust in God is one of the weapons you have in your arsenal. Once you believe it in your heart, you need to declare it with your mouth. Sing that song that exalts the Lord. Speak those words that express your confidence and your trust in God. Fill your heart with God's word in times of trouble. Declare your trust and declare your confidence. It doesn't always have to be dramatic. It doesn't always have to be demonstrative. But when trouble comes, before you say what you shouldn't say, speak God's word. Just say it. The Lord's going to take care of us. God's going to come through for us. Jesus is going to come to our aid. That's all. It doesn't have to be dramatic. You don't have to sound like a Victorian preacher. But when the trials come, and hell wants you to be negative, and hell wants you to be defeated, and hell wants you to express your fear, why don't you express your faith? Even if there's a lot, not a lot of emotion to it, it's still true. The Lord will take care of us. God will bring us through. He's never failed us. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. Verse 1, we see David's in trouble. Fear is knocking at the door of his heart. The enemy's on his trail. The toxic tongues of men are hurling their poisonous darts. He's been abandoned by some. He's been betrayed by others. Yet here he is expressing his faith out loud. 
He is declaring his confidence in God in the face of a very real, a very hard, a very threatening circumstance. Friend, never let your circumstances steal your song. And never let the pressures of life silence your praise. <laughs> Again, notice, he's saying what he knows, even though his feelings might not match what he's expressing at first. Don't, don't wait for the feelings to catch up. By then you missed the blessing. By, by then you really missed the, the type of the chance to grow. Anyone can praise God after the storm's over. The real men and women of God can sing in the midnight hour. And if I remember old Paul and Brother Silas, amen, in prison for doing the will of God, beaten and bound and bloodied, why? Doing the will of God, setting people free by the power of God. Oh, that seems unfair, that seems unkind. Most of us will be hurling back our ordination papers. You can have it. I'm going to go back and be a lay person. Forget the missions, forget this evangelistic. But instead, in the midnight hour, the Bible says, they began to praise God. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. And you just see him, Paul, in that elbow. Hey, 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 brother. <laughs> hey, brother, are you ready? Brother Silas, let's sing, brother, let's sing. And I don't believe they sang an old martyr song. What was me? I believe they sang, how great is our God. How great is our God. Then sings my soul. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You know what happened? The chains fell off and they were free. But, oh, it took some courage and faith to confess in the midst of it all. This is what we see David doing here. When trouble attacks our lives, we must confidently not just say, I believe these things, but if I truly believe them, I declare these things. I speak these things. I sing these things. I pray these things. And again, at first the emotion might not be there. But I'm not walking by feelings. I'm walking by faith. And when I, though my emotions could be unsettled by the attack, though my emotions are still jarring from what I've heard, within my heart, if I've hidden that word in my heart, the truth of God is there. And it's up to me to make that choice to speak forth what I really do believe and what I really do know. And by expressing our faith in such a way, we release a mighty weapon we possess as the people of God. In such times when your faith is being tried and it seems like hell is throwing the kitchen sink at you, let your speech be your friend and not your enemy. Let it be your advocate, not your adversary. Let it line up with God's word and release it to do its work. Let me show you one scripture here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. Let's take a look at this one scripture. You see this principle throughout the word of God. Throughout the word of God. Paul writes, it is written, I believed, therefore I have. Once you believe, God says, now speak it. If you believe it, sing it. If you believe it, pray it. If you believe it, declare it. What are you going to speak to that mountain? I don't believe. You better speak mountain. You in the name of Jesus. You're going down. Obstacle problem. You will not win. God's grace is greater than this. My Lord, have mercy. It is. I believe, therefore I've spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, see, we've got to have a spirit of faith, an attitude of faith, amen? We also believe, therefore we... 
You see, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth. So if a lot of the negatives coming out, I got to examine my heart and check what I've been putting in. Isn't that right? Get some good word in there. Get some encouragement in there. Get some stir it up. Amen. You see, faith is not meant just to dwell and be stagnant in our hearts. It's made to be released, expressed, declared with our mouths. Whether it's in our worship or in our witness or in our warfare. Whether it's through supplication or singing. You know, even in the context of salvation, going to heaven, even in the context of having your sins forgiven and going to heaven, your ability to believe and confess are of the utmost importance. You know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that we are to believe in our hearts and then confess with our mouths. We believe in our hearts. We confess with our mouths. We speak to our mountain. We release the sword of the Spirit. We declare to the enemy, it is written, it is written, it is written. Oh, my. Confessing our confidence as well as our commitment to the Lord. See, there are many, many examples of this, Old Testament, New Testament. Men and women of God who are facing the trying of their faith, facing seasons of great pressure and adversity. But they express their faith and they declare their confidence and their commitment in the face of the trial or the trouble. Let me just give you a couple of quick examples. Most of us remember the story from the book of Numbers of this great man of God, Caleb. Caleb's one of my Old Testament favorites. He had a good confession of his confidence in God. As the Bible says, he spoke to a nation where a group of timid doubters had kind of seized control and were kind of controlling the attitude of the people. And the, the doubters wanted the people to turn back and go back to Egypt, to go back to the old way of living, instead of pressing on to God's land of promise. God was leading them, bringing them to a, a challenging situation. When you are faced with a challenging situation in your faith, make up your mind you're not going to shrink back. You're not going to let up. You're not going to turn away. But you're going to stand firm. And you're going to declare your trust in God. And you're going to walk faithfully and obediently according to His Word. That you're going to trust that God will work in your situation. And God will carry you through that you will trust that in your weakness he'll be your strength. In your confusion, he'll be your light. In your time when hell wants to talk you into confusion, you'll hug your Bible and you'll speak confidently. Thus saith the Lord, it is written, it is written, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But thou, O Lord, art a shield all around me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah! Declared I was young and now I'm not so much, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Has God been faithful to you? Tell somebody, God's been faithful. 
God's been faithful. God's been. You got to stir it up sometime. You got to stir it up. And let me just say, everyone has a different temperament and personality. If you got a, 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 a what's the word for a De- Debbie Downer? What's that word? Melancholic. If you got certain personalities, I'm just saying, you got to know who you are. But you got to work extra careful at certain things. Where other personalities got to work extra at certain other things. You got to stir yourself up. You got to stir yourself up. I guess somebody wanted me to teach this morning. I don't think it's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? No, I don't think it's Wednesday. There's something here to hit. Boom. Stir it up. Gotta stir it up. Paul said, Timothy, stir up. Stir up that gift. Stir it up. What is he saying? He says, it's there, but sometimes it can get a little dormant. It's up to you to stir it up. God put it there, but you got to keep it burning. Can you say amen? God gave you the word. God gave you the salvation. God gave you the promise, but you got to stir it up. Amen? You, you got to meditate on it. You got to focus on it. You, you got to choose. To reject the negative and hold on to the positive. Hold on to that which is good and true and lovely and precious. Oh my. It's a psalm of confidence. It's not just merely what he believed and not his head. He declared it. He sang it. He praised God. He spoke to the mountain. He prayed along these lines. Something we got to practice is one way we stir up our faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, God is good. God is good. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Remember what Caleb said? They wanted to run back, they wanted to give up. He goes, hang on, hang on, hang on. If God be with us, he said, if God be pleased with us, my Lord, I love that. If God be pleased with us, those giants don't stand a chance. Caleb saw the same giants. He faced the same cities. You see, we're not being crazy. We're not denying a report. We're not denying the reality. We're just declaring our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is mightier. Our God is faithful. My God, hallelujah. And if God be pleased with us, then the victory is ours. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. All right, close it down. This is a confidence, a psalm of confidence. David is a man after God's own heart. He was the anointed of the Lord. He fought the Lord's battles, yet he still had his share of trials, temptations, tribulations. Yet through it all, he remained confident and committed to the Lord. You know, some people give up when things get hard. But not David. We could go on with other stories. We could talk about those three Hebrew children. They had a confession. Not only confidence, but commitment to the Lord. Isn't that right? They said, oh, Cain. The God we serve, he's able. My Lord, somebody here, God's able. God's able. He wanted to lift up this building and make it a spaceship. Our God is able. Don't ever doubt the ability of God. 
God is able. Now, what he'll do a lot of times, we don't know, but our God is able. But not only a confession of confidence in God. Listen, listen, let's go a little further. Can we go just a bit further? Confidence, a confession, and our commitment to God. I got to have, number one, a confession in the, I'm confident in God. But also, I'm going to confess, I'm committed to God. Even if it's not always easy, he's going to have my praise. Even if things don't work out the way I wish they would have, I'm going to walk on with Jesus. Isn't that what those three Hebrews said? That was their confession. It was a confession of, of commitment unwavering loyalty and fidelity to God. The God we serve is able to deliver us. And that's good to know, isn't he? Somebody, God's able to deliver you. He's able to touch you. He's able to raise you up. He's able to set you free. He's able to work in that situation. He's able to give you favor with that person that says they hate you. He's able. But, but they said, let's make it very clear, King. Even if he doesn't, this is what separates men from the boys. You ready? Even if he doesn't, we refuse to bow to your pressure or to deny our God. Wow. Wow. A good confession. Wow. Let us have such a confession concerning our love and devotion and our commitment to the Lord Jesus. Let's have a confession that declares our confidence in God and our commitment to God. Let's not be afraid or timid to declare we trust God, even when things don't look good. God is still God. God is still good. God is still faithful. And God is still in control. And let's never be ashamed to confess our commitment to God. That regardless of what happens, we're going to serve Jesus. We're not ashamed of it. As a child of God, you should be quick to let around you, let people know around you. I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. I live for the Lord Jesus. Amen. As a child of God, on your job, on your around the around, you should not be. You should everyone around, everyone that knows you, everyone that knows you, want to know I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible, and I live for Jesus. Don't have to be super deep. Don't have to know Greek, Hebrew, or anything else. This Italian, oh, I have to know that. But anyhow, um, but the simplicity of confessing who I am and who I belong to. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. David describes, then David declares. It's wonderful to be able to personally declare our confidence in God and our commitment to God. I pray this morning that you have a personal faith in the Lord, that you can say this morning, the Lord is my Savior. I've given him my life. He's forgiven me. He's washed me in his blood. He died for me. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my defender. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my helper. The Lord, he's my fortress. The Lord, he's my friend. He's my friend.
as we close, I want you to notice one quick thing. Notice where such a confidence comes from. Notice where it's initiated, where it's inspired, where it's increased, where it's developed. You can meditate later on in verses 4, 5, and 6. And here we see David, he kind of pulls back the veil, the curtain on his personal life, on his private life. And, And he shows us the secret of a man after God's own heart. You see, this is not just stuff that gets worked up in the corporate event. This is something that's developed in the private place. This is something that's made real as we walk personally with God. Where is this giant killer faith? Where is it born? Where is such confidence and trust in the Lord in such hard places? Where is that sustained and developed? If we were to say, David, you're just a young man in your 20s. You're a wanted man hiding for your life. The king and the army's after you. They've lied about you. They've turned everyone against you. Where do you get such bravery? Where do you get such inner strength? How can you sing at such a time as this? He wrote some of his most beautiful psalms that we sing and we love in the midst of the hardest times. David, where can you get a song? He'd point to verse 4. He says, here's my secret. It didn't come because I was born into it. It didn't come as I had a one-time encounter. It came as I've learned how to seek and dwell and abide and inquire. One thing I ask for the Lord. David says, this is what I'm asking for. I'm not just asking, give me great courage. I'm not just asking, make me a great king. I'm not just asking, use me. I'm asking God, I want to know you. I want to seek you. I want to see you. I want to dwell with you. I want to draw near to you. I want to abide with you. I want to see the beauty of your grace. I want to seek you and find you in your temple. Private devotion. That brings public daring. (laughs) Private consecration brings that public declaration, that bold declaration. Private and personal communion with God is what produces in the believer a solid witness, a solid worshiper, solid worker for the Lord. When we say, David, where does this come from? He say it's in the private times. It's in that personal communing with God when you get that word in you. We worship the Lord in private. We learn how to cast your burdens at his feet and get in the spirit and commune. Draw near to God. And he draws near to you. And it's out of that comes the courage and the confidence. It's out of that personal, private time with God that flows and grows and matures within you and I. The bravery, the sensitivity, the sacrificial heart, the courage, the confidence of a real man or woman of God. Psalm 27, a psalm of confidence in the Lord. And I pray that all of us will make it our psalm also. Can you say amen? We're going to open the altars and sing our final song. If you need prayer, you just want to come and pray. The altars are open. Let God touch you. You can wait on God. If not, let's just sing this final song um, as an expression of our confidence in God. Let's just declare it from a personal, I believe this. I live this. I trust God in this. May we be a confident people, trusting in the Lord regardless of our circumstances, confessing it, living it, 
Stand with me, please. And let's bow our hearts in prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I want to thank you this morning, Lord, that you are our light. In a dark world, you enable us to see. In a confusing world, you give us great clarity. In a world where so many are stumbling and falling, we can walk according to the light of your word that keeps us firm and stable and secure. Father, I want to thank you that you're our light this morning. I want to thank you that you're our salvation. You've saved us from so many trials, so many troubles. You've rescued us. You've cared for us. And most importantly, you saved us from our sin by dying on the cross for us and shedding your blood that we could be forgiven, we could be made right. We thank you, Lord, that you are our light and our salvation. You're our stronghold. You're the one that protects us and shields us as we go through this journey of faith. And Father, we choose to trust you and we choose to seek you. Help us to learn the secret from David's life. The place you find the boldness and the confidence is in that secret place of spending private time with our Lord, feeding on the Word, worshiping Him in the closet. Now, Father, encourage hearts and fill your people afresh. Father, if anyone's come in weary, let them leave refreshed. If anyone has a need, as they come forth confidently, let them be touched with the touch they need. Now, Father, as we bless you and we sing this final song, confidently expressing our faith, touch your people and meet every need. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, come. If not, let's sing.